Hey team, what's up? I hope you are ready to rock today's episode. So today's episode is a little bit different in that it is a real true story. It is a deep story and it is a pretty painful story that has been told by the gorgeous Chantelle. So Chantelle and I met online. She follows me on Instagram and we've connected through a business that I run. And she reached out to me when I was asking for people to share their stories, to share their journeys. And we got to talking about the triumphs that she's overcome and the things that she's went through that have made her the incredible, incredible woman and mother that she is today. And in this episode, we really dive into um, what changed her life and the rocky path that she went on to becoming the woman that she is now. She talks about her real experiences and I mean these experiences are so real and so raw that you can't help but just connect and feel admiration and inspiration from her coming out the other side. So a huge, huge part of this podcast is about helping you to connect with stories of other people who've maybe been in a similar situation to something you've been in or someone you know or just helping you see that there's a bigger picture out there in the world and there's a lot more going on that doesn't meet the eye and there's a lot more going on under the surface that we cannot be fully connected to and know about all the time. So I just want you to listen to this episode and really not only absorb what her story is, but also really absorb how she's come out the other side and how she's now living a life of fulfillment and happiness and how she has absolutely turned her life around. Without any more, I'm going to let you go on and listen to this episode. It's going to come straight in at Chantelle telling you her story. And I just, I want you to listen. I want you to enjoy. And if you've got anything that you want to talk about or reach out or connect about after this episode, then make sure you message me on Instagram or message Chantelle and just talk and that's it guys have an incredible day and as always i want you just to keep positive keep smiling and keep chasing your dreams right okay so so basically yeah from a really young age when i was six um my mum and dad sent us on um horse riding lessons and i didn't enjoy them used to go like once a week and I was just like, I really didn't like it. And then my mum said to me, right, you, you've got a choice. You can either swim or you can horse ride. So I was like, right, I want to learn to swim. So I started taking swimming lessons from the age of six and then quite quickly progressed. And then was by the time I was about nine, eight or nine, I was swimming for my county. Um, I used to um, compete every weekend, like travel around the country doing competitions and yes, yeah, so I used to swim before school, I used to swim after school, um, like Saturdays was always competition day. But then by the time I got to about the age of 12, like you know what it's like when you're 12 and you're at school and you don't want to be getting up at 5am to go and do drills in lane at the club. Um, so I just, and then I remember saying to my mum, like, do professional swimmers make a lot of money? She said, no. Well, what's the point then? Because I knew like footballers made loads of money and tennis players did. So as a 12 year old, I was like, what's the point of putting in all this effort if I can't really do it professionally? Um, 
so I just gave it up uh, like when I was 12 and but then I started um, to run so I started going to an athletics club my dad was a really good runner and my sister was a really good runner I didn't think I was I have really had to put in a lot of effort and um, so we started entering races so I did my first I think 10 10 mile when I was like 11 I did that a couple of years in a row I did the equivalent, I did the Great South Run, is that a thing? I know there's a Great North Run, I think I did the Great South Run, um, got really into running and then I started um, going to the gym and lifting weights when I was about 15, um, loved that, uh, but then I got glandular fever, I think when I was about 15, had a massive amount of time off school and just was not really the same after that, didn't have the enthusiasm or the motivation to, it just uh it just completely wiped me out um and I just really couldn't be bothered to do anything gave up pretty much all the sports that I was doing and then um when I was 18 I found out I was pregnant which obviously wasn't well not obviously but it wasn't planned it wasn't I never even wanted children wasn't something that I um yeah had in my in my life plan and didn't find out till I was six months. So I didn't have very long to get used to the idea. Um, yeah, it was a massive, massive shock. And then I had my son when I was 19, um, Kobe. And it was amazing. It was like the best thing that ever happened to me. And I was like, right, I'm going to sort myself out. Gave me a bit of motivation. I went back to um, night school and I studied Spanish because I was like, right, I'm going to definitely gonna move to Spain now because I want to give him a better life. So I studied Spanish and I got an A. It was like the first A I'd ever got in anything because I really wanted to be there. And then I enrolled in a group exercise instructor course at college because I was like, right, I'm going to want to go and teach um, fitness. That's what I want to do. But due to lack of numbers, the course never went ahead, which I was really disappointed in. But I went back, I enrolled in the gym again, started fell in love with training again and was just like, right, I'm on it now. And then... Um, moved to Spain when Kobe was two. Yeah. Um, still uh, in Spain, where I live, it's yeah, pretty much sort of like the back of beyond. There's not, even though we're in Malaga, it, it's sort of like on the outskirts. So we think of what the UK was like 20 years ago. That's what we're like. We don't have all the latest like your gym when I see it on Instagram I'm like oh my god like, it's like something out of back to the future like we don't have anything um CrossFit I only became aware of CrossFit like two years ago I'd never I'd heard of it but I didn't know what it was we didn't really have any CrossFit gyms we just had very basic gyms that open up at 10 a.m they close at one o'clock and then they they close for lunch and then they open up again at five so it was just all a bit yeah it was all a bit weird um, so I just started running again and just sort of sort of part-time fitness really I'd done a bit of um, martial arts and stuff when I was in the UK before I left but again there wasn't really anything like that out where I was there was no local gym um, and then when I'd been in Spain for a year and a half I'd been working um, just in a local restaurant um, Kobe was in school because they start school out here when they're age three so he was in school with his niece, which is, yeah, my, sorry, his cousin, which is my niece. Um, they were like the same age. Um, yeah, and I just got a phone call to say that um, there'd been an accident. I had to go to the hospital. This was in the evening. And he'd fallen and hit his head while he was out playing in the garden. 
and um, he was put on life support. But we were uh, originally we were told he's going to stay in hospital. We're going to put him into a coma and everything's going to be okay. And yeah, it wasn't okay. Like two days later, they said there's nothing we can do. Um, we're going to turn the life support off. And yeah, that was that within, you know, literally that moment, my whole life just sort of, as I knew it was just over. And for, for probably, I don't know, six, six months to a year after that, I don't really remember. I don't really remember a lot. I don't know if that's because I started drinking or if that's just because the shock, um, but yeah, it's all it's all a bit of a blur. I know that I went back to work, but I went from working nights to working days. And I remember some days I was so hungover when I was going into work. I was w- working as a waitress and I was serving like the local builders and everything and when they come in for their lunch. I'd have to go into the bathroom to throw up in between serving them because I was that hungover. I was literally just... I, yeah, I don't even know how I was getting through the days. Yeah. They all sort of blended into one and I, I was struggling to sleep. But then I remember my mum getting me some sleeping tablets to help me sleep, but they weren't helping me sleep. But then when I did get to sleep, I couldn't wake up in the morning. It was just like just to get out of bed was a struggle. And um, I wouldn't at no point would I say I was ever suicidal because yeah. that's just not me. But I didn't want to be alive. Do you know what I mean? It's like I, I would never do anything to harm myself, but I like I, I just didn't want to be in the world anymore. I just didn't see the point. I felt like my life didn't really have a purpose for a good six sort of six months or so. I don't really know. I think it was just a cycle of drinking, um, drug use, what you know, work, bed, not really doing anything. And then I met um, a guy. He was he was actually an alcoholic. Um, and we became friends and he said to me, I need to get away because I'm going to kill myself with the drinking. And I said, well, I, I think I need to get away. And he'd been to India a few times. Um, so we were just like, right, let's go there. So we got the visas, we, we booked the flights. And then in August um, 2005, which was exactly a year after Kobe had passed away, we flew off to India um, on a six month visa and India's predominantly dry country so that was brilliant because we yeah. you know we traveled around um and it was bizarre being just with this person that I didn't really know um and we were together pretty much 24 7 um which was great because I mean he didn't judge me he didn't have any ideas about you know my life he just sort of knew what like what he'd known since I met him and um it was really hard. It was good to get away, but I think you realise it doesn't matter where you go or what you do, your troubles just follow you around. You can't yeah. get away from them. And then as we tra- travelled through the country, we ended up the last six weeks we spent down in Goa, which you can get alcohol. So as soon as we were back somewhere that we could buy alcohol, what did we do? We just drank every night. Um, and then it just became apparent, like, I just need to go home and I just need to sort my life out. So we came home and I was like, I can't can't go back to working in a restaurant anymore. I just it just seems pointless. So I retrained. I came to the UK and I retrained to work with people with spinal injuries. Yeah, I started to work as a carer, um, but it's a living job because uh, most people with spinal injuries need somebody to live with them 24 seven. Yeah. So I might work maybe like three weeks on one week off. So I'd fly to England, live with a client for three weeks and then fly home for a week off 
And I did that for quite a few years on and off, which is brilliant. It's a really good job because you're living somebody else's life. You know, you're going out when they need to go out. You're getting them up when they need to get up. I wasn't really making any personal development. I wasn't progressing. I was still very, I, I, I had massive confidence issues. I was terrified to go out of the house um, because the job entails being in the house quite a lot. Then when I was coming back to Spain, I, I didn't want to go to any social gatherings. I used to have anxiety attacks, like going into supermarkets. And I think um, when Kobe had passed away, I was so used to people ignoring me. They'd see me walking down the street and they'd cross over. And I know what people are like. Yeah. If you don't understand what something's going through, you feel awkward. So I know what the Brits are like. They just try and ignore it, don't they? It's just yeah. like, oh, shit. Pretend you don't see somebody. And I was just used to being that girl that, oh, you know, everyone felt pity for, everyone felt sorry for. Um, so it just made me scared to leave, scared to leave the house. So, my yeah, with, with the job, and I think then I started, you know, with the anxiety, my health started suffering because I was still, even though I wasn't drinking when I was at work, when I had a week off, that's all I was doing. I was just yeah. drinking every night. And it wasn't just, you know, it wasn't, a, say, a glass, it was like a bottle of vodka a night. It was a lot, it was a lot of drink. And then um, it got to 2013 and I suddenly just thought, like, I've got, I've got to do something here because, yeah. you know, I'm only at this point, I was like 20, 27, maybe 27, 28. I'm young. If I, I don't do something to change my life, I'm going to kill myself. And then I'm just going to put my parents through what I've just been through. Yeah. And that's, that's not, you know, that's not something that I want to do. And then I just thought, like, I've always wanted to, you know, be a trainer or help people. Like, why don't I? Why don't I train to be a personal trainer? I think I'd be a good one. And even though I hadn't really d done any proper fitness for a good few years, um, I researched it. I was like, oh, I can do an online course. So I did. I signed up for an online course. So I did all the, um, you know, the modules and stuff online. And then I travelled back to London and did um, the practical. Yeah. Um, which was felt like it was horrific for me going there and you get there and there's like 25 people and you would sit there waiting and everyone's chatting and I just couldn't I would just sit in the corner like a kid on their first day at school I'd just be terrified to talk to anyone and I think I was also scared that if people asked me about you know oh where do you live where do you come from are you married have you got kids and then when you tell them yeah. they they feel so awkward because they don't know what to say. Then they, they don't sit and talk to you again. So, yeah, that was really difficult. But I had a really, really lovely teacher. She made me feel really, really welcome. So I passed that. So the gym instructor course, I passed, absolutely loved it. And then when I came back to do the PT weekend, um, did the exams, which I passed. But then when I passed, when I had my um, assessment, the assessor said to me something that I'll never forget she said to me although you've passed you'll you'll never get a job in fitness and I was a bit I was a bit thrown aback by that and I said well what why why do you say that and she said well so she said if you went for a job for example in David Lloyd's she said they have um I don't know what the word is like a a group assessment so she said maybe 30 people will go and you know they'll do like a big interview and she said you just blend into the background there's nothing about you um oh. and I, yeah I literally just 
I didn't know what to say and I left and even though I passed and it was like right now I'm a qualified PT I just left crying she made me feel like shit basically and I thought for somebody that was already lacking in confidence yeah I just thought I'm not good enough um why did I even think that I could do this just because I've got the qualification I'm never going to get a job um I'm boring I'm uninteresting um and so every all the self-doubt that I had it was like she basically confirmed it so when I came back to Spain I didn't do anything about you know setting up a business I, I thought I'd like to do group classes but I'm too nervous like yeah. clearly I yeah I've just I'm not good enough so I didn't do it I didn't do it and then I decided right what I'm going to do I'm going to get my own personal trainer because I really think I need um yeah I need some guidance so I contacted this guy that had recently moved he was from Manchester he'd recently moved to Spain yeah. contacted him and said look I, I, I really like a personal trainer and he responded <laughs> saying oh no 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 I am a personal trainer but um I've just got a gym it's just for me and my mates to use and I said oh I know it's just I'd heard that you were taking on new clients and he said no 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 I'm not I'm afraid Uh, I thought oh that's really strange and then I saw him advertising um, on Facebook that he was looking for clients so I messaged him again and I said look I'm really confused as I said because I've seen your advertising but you're telling me that you're not taking on any new clients and he said he said, look, I think we've got off on the wrong foot. Could you come and meet me? And it turned out he thought I was basically just trying to suss out his business because I was a new PT in the area and I was trying to steal his clients. I was like, no, I genuinely, oh <laughs> I was like, I genuinely like, I need a trainer. And he was, um, he'd been in the business. He'd qualified as a PT. It's to uni. He was like an injury specialist. Like I was just like, no, I really think I could learn something from you. <laughs> And it turned out, like, now we're really good friends. Um, It was the best thing I ever could have done because he was able to, um, we just, we we worked together, not worked together, he trained me, but not just physically, like, mentally. Like, when I first started training with him, like, he used to have mirrors, he used to have a little gym in his garage, and I couldn't look at myself. Like, when we were training, he used to make me do exercises um that at the time I just felt like a complete idiot and I didn't see didn't see the benefit in what he was doing but 100% like it made such a huge impact and then after after that then and aside from the fact that like I only trained with him once a week one because I could only afford it um and two I was like I don't need the motivation I can go and train myself but it was just he was just show you know showing me different ways of training and you know confidence builders and he said to me when after two years he said when you first came in here said you never even took your sunglasses off you looked at the floor the whole time you never once looked me in the eye um and he said you were a nervous wreck he said now like when you when I'm speaking to you he said you don't break eye contact like you're you know you're so much more confident but yeah in that time that I trained with him I started doing group classes which was something I never wanted to do and he sort of encouraged me to do it so I started doing the the boot camps in the in on the beach and I never had massive numbers but it just sort of brought out something in me um and to everybody that was in my class they they sort of oh my god you're so confident I love your classes you're so much fun you've got so much energy and I was like oh my god have I I didn't I didn't 
think that that was that, that was me that they were talking about yeah and then um one of the um older ladies that is a friend of my nan she said to me oh do you do aqua aerobics and I said no <laughs> why would I do that um <laughs> So oh, no, it's just we're we're looking to do a class. A few me and my friends, but do you, and I said, well, if I find anybody, if I, I you know, I'll I'll let you know. Anyway, I didn't know anyone that did it, so I just said to her, look, if you want, one day I'll come round and we'll just do a little session in your pool. Um, and I did it, and it was the most fun forty-five minutes. Yes. Oh my god, I love it. Um, I love it. Put on some like cheesy music, have a dance around. It was great. So I was like, oh, do you know, maybe I'm going to start um, a class. And I think initially when I trained as a personal trainer, all I wanted to do was teach young, fit, like attractive, cool people. But in reality, all the younger people that I was training, their, their goals were to be thin. I want to be thin. I want to fit into a size eight. I want to. And that really bored me. Yeah. And, and like nothing against anybody that you know wants to look aesthetically good but for me it was like I I know you I know you want to be thin but and, and they just weren't eating properly they weren't training for health whereas yeah. when I and I was like I don't really want to work with old people but then when I started training with these older people and they all had reasons why they needed to be fit and healthy you know they their blood pressure was high or you know they were struggling to get up or you know they they needed to be there to look after their husband I thought that it, there's a real purpose behind this so I started doing the aqua fitness classes and like they were full I had um waiting lists for people to to join in I had so much fun um then I actually got qualified I went back to the UK and I did the qualification um and now I still do those every summer like because everyone's got pools in Spain yeah. I do the class I start in May and I do it till October and I have like four classes a week and they're always full and if I look back sort of five years ago, I never would have thought I'd be able to just get up in front of all these people and do that and, yeah, not not be anxious about it. So it, I went from doing the group classes and I was really nervous about doing the one-to-ones because I just thought it, when, it, when there's no one to hide behind, when it's just you and one other person. 100%. In last, yeah, in the last few years, I've started doing a lot more one-to-ones I don't advertise I've never advertised just because I was always again it was from my confidence thing if I advertise and I get lots of inquiries I'm not good enough whereas if I just go through word of mouth I'm only getting clients because someone else has said that I'm good enough so it's taken longer um but I've I've got I, I feel like I've got there now I'm you know I'm yeah, I'm I'm doing better, but yeah, and now so I think after I'd I'd been training probably for about three years, I was still drinking. So I was training in the gym, and I was just lifting weights. I I, I was really into bodybuilding. That's what I wanted to do, and I was strong. I was super strong. I wasn't really seeing any benefits, and I I looked a little bit different, but not much. And that was just because I was drinking. Yes. So I was, I started, um, I started entering a lot of races, never, I hate running, absolutely yeah. hate running with passion, but I found that if I, if I enter this half marathon, I would literally do no training for it whatsoever, apart from lifting weights, I wouldn't go out and run, and then on the day I'd go and run the race, hate every single minute of it, but just that, that's 
split second when you cross the finish line that elation for me was like yes. it just made it all worthwhile and then I, the first few races I did I would still go home and celebrate by drinking a shitload of alcohol and then the next day I'd wake up feeling like crap and think why did I do that um but then I studied nutrition I think in 2017 yeah. and it wasn't until I studied nutrition that I started to really think about I know I might be fit as in I can go to the gym and I can deadlift like whatever but I'm not healthy because I'm still still poisoning my body so even though my diet was as in what I was eating was was good um yeah I was still poisoning my body and it was then that I was just like right I need to knock this on the head so it was pretty much from like 2017 that I've stopped um drinking I'm not teetotal I can occasionally have a drink but I don't keep it in the house because I know if I have it in the house I'll drink it if it's there there's something in the back of my head that says you've got to drink it so I don't do that anymore yeah and I'm just and I, I started doing CrossFit a couple of years ago and I'd only ever trained on my own mm-hmm. so I just I think again the confidence thing I would do I would go to the gym I went to the same gym for four years and it was always the same people in there and sometimes I'd go spinning, I'd go to the weight section, but I would not speak to anybody else. So I only knew training on my own. And then I joined CrossFit. And the first time I went, I, I parked outside and I looked in and I just sat in the car for an hour watching because I was too scared to go in. Um, and then the second time I went back and I went in and I was like, oh, my God, I've never known anything like this, like where you're, you're training individually. but as a team yeah it was just really weird and I've made friends now so people I see at the gym and I would I, I don't socialize with them but we go for coffee after you know after we've trained and we message each other and um we share workouts and and that's just a, a feeling that I've never had before I was always really anti-crossfit because I was just yeah. I didn't understand it. but then since I started I think that's massively boosted my confidence it's um bad, isn't it yeah so yeah that's that's it really I think so that's how I've just sort of used fitness so I mean I I, obviously I want to look I want to look good and I want to feel healthy but for me it's just helped me overcome I don't know so many different so much yeah it's interesting because it's, it's such a deep and heartfelt story like you've you have been through so so much and I think a huge part for obviously the guys listening to your story as well is that sadly so much of what you're saying is relatable and so often people are afraid to you know you said like you know shame and hiding and people judging you and people feeling awkward because they know something about you and it is that you know yourself like if someone tells you something like how does that make you feel and you can understand people's behaviors and it does quite often lead for us feeling very lonely and very isolated and almost like we're the only people in the world that have these traumas or these huge isolating events and I think so often when we are in these moments like it is really dark and it can be really negative and quite often we can't see the other side and for a lot of obviously the people that I work with, whether it's something as, oh my goodness, as horrendous and as awful as your situation, I can't even ever, ever imagine being in that position that you were in um, with Kobe all those years ago. And 
to even just come out of that and be successful and to find your confidence and to build you back as a human is just such a an incredible thing and I think that in itself can't be overlooked because there's so many people that have traumatic experiences and they don't come out the other side because they don't ask for help they don't ask for support and I think a huge message and guidance around all of that is the power that exercise does actually have and the power that no matter how big or how small your circumstance may seem, it's about how it feels for you and it's about the steps you can take to overcome that. And for you, obviously, working with a coach, like, I don't know who this guy is, but he sounds absolutely incredible. I mean, like, the, the initial contact you've had with him obviously wasn't fantastic, but the fact that he was able to take you and not know you and from that kind of a broken shell of someone who did have you know, the alcohol abuse and the other, everything else going on and actually take you to a place where not only are you happy, healthy, confident, you've got your little one there who's absolutely having a whale of a time bored and locked out. <laughs> um, but to be able to now confidently talk about that journey and to, it's not to say to have moved on, but to accept it as part of your story and to now be in a place where, you don't let that dictate your future and that's really really empowering and that's really that's what we can all only hope for in life right whatever our victim mindset horrendous past that we've had like we can all move through that and yeah the fact that nutrition as well has helped you on that path is just it's just so inspiring to hear and it's just so do you feel proud of yourself now do you feel confident in yourself and that you you know you have been able to overcome and are you happy with where you are now or how do you feel yeah I feel most of the time I would say 90% of the time I feel like happy where I am and I and I I do take time to go to look at the things that I've done but I think as humans we all tend to concentrate on the things that we haven't yet done or yes um I still have self-doubt and I think I'm not good enough or, you know, why haven't I, um, why haven't I done this? And I think especially, so since having, so since having River, um, again, he was unplanned. Um, I really didn't want any more children. And um, I, when I, when I found out I was pregnant, I kept it a secret <laughs> um, uh, from literally, apart from my parents and, and a couple of people in my family, I kept it a secret from everybody, apart from my trainers at the gym, because I was like, I'm, I'm going to still keep training. I need them to know so that I can stay safe. Um, I was teaching all my classes um, and nobody knew. I just hid it really well. I wasn't particularly big. I hid it really well. But I was so scared that because I, I didn't, because it was something I didn't want and I didn't know how I would cope. I was worried that I would reject him yeah. because, yeah, I, because it wasn't because I didn't want another baby. And I thought, uh, I, you know, I'm, I can't can't replace Kobe. No, you know, no one's going to be as good as him. And yeah, I was just in a bad place. And then I started worrying, oh, am I going to start? Am I going to start drinking again if I can't cope? You know what? Yeah, it was just it was a really emotionally. It was a, it was a difficult time. Um, I, I carried on working just from personal circumstances. I carried on working up until the day that I gave birth. And then I went back um, not long afterwards. But as soon as he as soon as he popped out, 
you know, he's a completely different, he's a completely different soul. He looks just like his brother, but they're completely different. Um, and it's been amazing. But yeah, it's, and it's, it's made me, I don't know. Yeah. Want, want to be a better person for him. So there's still things that I want to, um, that I want to achieve. There's, you know, what things that I want to do in my business, there's things that I want to do in, in my personal life. Um, but yeah, I, do, I just think, you know, with with everything that I've learned and everything that I've, I'll definitely not go back to where I was. I know that for sure. Um, I love that. I love yeah, that confidence. And you can't, you, you never, you never get over it. You just learn to adapt to, to a new way of life. So yeah. people say, oh, it gets easier as the years go on. It doesn't. It, it doesn't. doesn't get any easier. You just learn to cope with it um, in your own way. And not all days are good, you know, some days are bad, but, you know, before it was, it was, you know, 99 days out of 100 were bad. Now, now it might be like three. He's wild. He is wild. Um, Yeah, I, I'm a big believer in it's a new normal. Um, And that's for me with everything that kind of happens, you know, I can really relate to you saying you you lost like six months to a year. You're not really sure what happened in that time. For me, a big part of my, obviously very, very different situation. Um, but for me, I feel like there was about three years of my life that I don't really remember what happened. And I've been doing a lot of work lately on just trying to tap into that and try to tap into, you know, what did happen during that time. And it's taken me God, I'm, I'm 28 this year and it's taken me until now to be able to look at those years and really allow myself to get vulnerable and allow myself to get uncomfortable and allow myself to really connect with what 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 did happen in those periods of my life that I have almost blacked out. Um, quite often I do say like, oh, I, people will say something to me and I'm like, I don't even remember that happening. Like, was that even a thing? Like whole holidays and conversations and just there's so much that people will remind me of. And I think there's something as humans, we are very good at building a wall around our feelings. And if we, we don't want to deal with it, we can put up this mask and put up this shield. But I think that's okay for a certain amount of time but eventually we do have to deal with and we do have to almost accept and break apart move on and it's whatever you do that and in a horrible way or in a sad way I do I love that you've come through this and I love that you are god you're 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 living life now right um and the fact that it is more good days than bad is exactly where we all want to be and it's it's a true sign of you can overcome um pretty much anything with the right support network and the right mindset and the right driving factors i mean i can only imagine being a mom and obviously having finding out you're pregnant and that whole psychological experience that you went through again like that's something that I can't even remotely relate to, but I imagine there's someone listening who's probably thinking, oh my God, that woman is absolutely incredible. So I just hope that, yeah, you're you're happy and confident in your abilities to to push on in life because you are freaking storming. <laughs> you are Thanks, just yeah. so good. I, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on and to have you yeah, just add a little bit of realness into 
the bigger picture and the, the bigger things going on in our own individual lives. Um, and I just think it is so inspiring. It is so inspiring. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Hopefully, you know, even if it can only one person, you know, can relate to it. Because I think before I, I just felt like I, nobody really understood. Yeah. Uh, but now I seem to meet it's like your people are drawn to you because they you know, like when when you've been through something and then you suddenly start meeting people that uh, might be going through something similar. And then you're like, well, I can help you because I've been there. So yeah. I don't, that seems to happen more and more now. It is. We have conversations about this all the time and that um, almost guilty pleasure you get from helping someone else in a difficult situation. And, it, you know, it is, we, we say that we help people selflessly, but it, it, at the end of the day, we still get some form of boost from it, right? And it, we, wouldn't be, we wouldn't be helping other people if we didn't get some form of satisfaction or some form of relief within ourselves knowing that we're doing good in the world and I think as long as we keep trying to change lives one at a time and spreading our messages and spreading our stories and conversations open and honest and allowing people into a space where they don't need to feel awkward and they don't need to feel ashamed and they don't need to feel like they're the only person in the world that has these problems then it really does start to make a positive shift and it really does start to show that you can come through absolutely anything um, as long as you have the right support and the right mindset. For, um, before we go, obviously, you I imagine you've had lots of advice thrown at you over the years and you've had lots of positive quotes and personal development and self-development and all the all the goodness under the sun said to you, is there anything that really stood out for you in some of your darker days? Is there anything right now that, you know, you really, if you are having a bad day that really pulls you through, is there anything that you could share with the guys listening that you find really relates to you personally, but might help just one of them turn their day around and turn their life around? Oh, I don't know. The the thing that I... I always think is and this is another thing that the, the personal trainer said to me is he said just just imagine like when you're you know you're in bed you can't get out of bed and you you're drinking if Kobe was he's what there watching you what would he be thinking of his mum he'd be so upset to think it's my fault that that she's so unhappy and she's sad so you know what you're doing although you're doing it for yourself do do it for him because you want to make him proud so now you know whatever I do I just think he'd be so proud that I'm doing this um and then that makes that makes me happy their drivers are based on someone that they've lost in life and it is if that's an internal driver for you I have so much love and admiration and respect because oh if that makes you get out of bed in the morning, that is incredible. That is absolutely incredible. And it just, yeah, it is about, you know, if they are watching you, what are what are they saying? What are they thinking? And are you making them proud? That is the question. You are making him proud. You are making him proud. I can guarantee that for a fact. <laughs>